Blog Good Talk afternoon. Radio. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Candy with Just Like Candy Radio, and I am so excited about today's show. Everyone knows, well, not everybody, but most people know that May is Mental Health Month. And I have on the phone today, we have Dr. Clyde Mayberry, and we're going to go over some things um, about mental health. But a first few things about Dr. Clyde Mayberry. Dr. Clyde Mayberry, he is a psychotherapist working in the Carolinas. His specialty is relationship and communication. He is certified in grief and critical incident stress debriefing. He is a graduate in Amridge University, formerly Southern Christian University. Dr. Mayberry is also an ordained minister and labors with the Northside Church of Christ, and he is married with three kids. So we are going to wait for him. He's going <clears> to <throat> join us in a few minutes. And I'm really excited about today's show because right now within our community, people do not feel like uh, mental health is an issue or it doesn't plague them. You know, they're quick to call somebody crazy or bipolar, but in all honesty, they may very well they very well may be. And so with you needing help, always seek out help. There's nothing wrong with getting help. You should not be ashamed to get help. <clears throat> if you have issues or if you're feeling down or if you're feeling stressed, always, always ask your people, hey, do you need help? Can I help you? Can I be there? Is there something I can do for you? I mean, this is definitely something that you would want to help your family and friends with. Uh, for a while, I was dealing with my own depression, and so I have no problem with sharing and letting people know that this is what is going on with me or that is what has happened with me, that kind of thing. So you definitely want to share and talk to your family, talk with your friends, um, so they can be a part of your life. And once they're there, they can give you all the help, love, and support that you need in order to grow and move forward. And we have him on the phone. Can we get you on the video, doctor? There's a lag. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you just fine. I'm getting an incredible lag, so it's going behind you. Um, what about, uh, is it allowing you to join us on Facebook? Yeah, I can see it. It's just lagging. It says it's live, but it, it's, it's behind you probably two minutes. Okay. Okay. Well, as soon as it allows you um, to join us, we will um, do that, and until then, Speaker, and we'll go with you from here. Okay. All right. Can you can you hear? I can me? hear you. Yep, I can hear you good. Okay. So, what is 
you know, we're going to start with some of the questions that, you know, we prepare for today. So what is meant by mental health? Well, I think the it, it varies depending on the venue that you're talking about, but uh, ultimately, we're, it's it's the state of mind. We're talking about literally the the healthiness, if you will, uh, of your mind. Whether it has been rested, whether there has uh, been too much stress, whether there's a lot of things uh, going on, or you've experienced some type of trauma uh, that you had a hard time processing. Whenever there's abuse or trauma or things like that. Uh, the biggest issue, other than the physical and emotional uh, toll it takes, is the idea that your brain is actually trying to process and make sense of it. And, of course, you know there are a bunch of things that we can experience that actually make no sense. You know, it doesn't make sense for a child to have to worry about being abused when they're young. And nevertheless, they're in these circumstances or having to process death uh, at a certain age. Uh, those are all things that would hinder uh, our mental health. So it's the state of the mind. Okay. All right. All right. And what is the spiritual heart? So is is we're gonna should I ask it in two parts or should I just go with one one question? Uh no, what works for you? It works. Okay. So what is the spiritual heart? Okay. Um well clearly we are uh spirit, soul and body. And when we talk about our mental capacity, that's just one aspect, but our entire being is affected. Uh, so there was a model given of what they call the spiritual heart. And with that spiritual heart, uh, it has four ventricles. The very first one is, in, is entitled intellect. And the intellect is what everything that we experience should be filtered through. It should be filtered through the intellect, and that's on top. Once it is filtered through the intellect, it is stored in our conscience. Everything filtered through the intellect gets stored in the conscience, which is the second part. And the third part is that it is carried out by the will. So processed by the intellect, stored in the conscience, carried out by the will. And then the fourth one and the last one is emotion. And we respond to what is happening with emotion. So if you go in that order, intellect, conscience, will, and emotion, uh, that works fine if your model is that way, meaning that you're actually uh, filtering everything through your intellect, then it's stored in the conscience, and the conscience won't let the will do things that didn't get filtered through the, through the uh, intellect first. And then we respond with our emotion. What happens with most of us is that that model is flipped upside down. So then everything is processed through the emotion, and then it goes directly to the will. And that's a very dangerous position because if I'm, I may know better, but something feels right, and I have no leeway time for filter if the model is upside down. So I, I filter it through emotion, it goes directly to the will, and now my conscience is convicted, but it's too late. And then intellectually, I wonder, well, how did I get here? How many times would a, would a person just look at a typical dating scene? You meet a guy, he seems to be nice, and he's funny, and the drinks are gone, and emotionally, I am attached already. Well, that, the very next stage from being emotionally attacked is carrying out things on, in your will. So then things so fast happen 
that you wouldn't have thought would have happened. And then after the fact, your conscience is convicted. And then emotionally, you're looking at it saying, how could I have been so stupid? You know, how often, how common is that scenario? Um, even when we react, somebody at work says something you don't like. If you're filtering everything through your emotion, it goes right to the will. You filter it through your intellect, it's stored in your conscience, and it protects your actions. So when we talk about the spiritual heart, it is very significant on our mental health status because it actually controls the things that happen to us. Wow. And so, you know, it's funny you say that because that scenario that you gave is a very um, familiar scenario. Anyone that has ever been out on a date or courted anyone or done something that they were like, oh, man, how could I have been so stupid? They have experienced just that. And so that is a very, very good point. Um, So with that, some people feel like with the different issues. So some people feel like um, they should take medicine or they should t- they're, they're prescribed medication. And um, what would you say or how do you feel that the pharmaceutical industry affects the field of mental health? Well, uh, unfortunately, with, with all of our health care, um, we live in a capitalistic society. So unfortunately, in our country, everything is done for profit. So rarely in our country do you see something being done for the well-being of the people. That's that's just a fact. So when you look at something as simple as antidepressants, well, antidepressants work only if there is a chemical imbalance. That's about 20% of the cases. If there is a chemical imbalance, the antidepressants work to bring balance to that. But if it's not a chemical imbalance, like 80% of the cases are not, that medication does not work, and you're just taking it. And it slows you down, but you're just taking it. Uh, It does not work for behavioral things. So you you can get depressed and have that genetically. Mom had it, grandma had it, whoever. Genetically, you got that, and there can literally be a chemical imbalance, and we've seen in many cases there are diagnoses um, that prove there is a chemical imbalance in this person, a person who is what they called in the 70s manic depressant, which is now bipolar. uh, There is a chemical imbalance that that can help with. But if there's just simply behavioral issues like many of our children in school because they're angry or lashing out over something or they're grieving, these are all behaviors. And that medicine does absolutely nothing for those behaviors. But you can make good money off of people taking them for the rest of their life. But it does not affect the behavior. So the way the, the psychotropic medications were supposed to work is that for some, their glands in our brain, our fight or, fight, our fight or flight gland is the one I'm talking about specifically, trying okay. to speak in layman's terms. But that is the one that determines what we, how we act in a crisis or how we act when our adrenaline gets to pumping. So what ends up happening is let's say that I have mine is imbalanced. That means that I might, you'll see a person that's imbalanced when they fly off the handle very easy. You say the smallest thing to them and they just lose their mind. Uh, that person is a reactor. And so they often do that without thinking. 
So, you know, you could literally be at work and a supervisor ask you to pick up an extra shift and you just push him and lose your mind. Yeah, you need some medicine. The medication slows down that adrenal gland so that it allows your brain to catch up so you can think about the action before. Now, what you will notice in people who take this medication is they slow down. The medication literally slows them down. Um, when they are first getting adjusted to it, when you're in a clinical setting, they, they call it the zombie walk because your body's getting used to the medication and you, you, it slows you down. But you can tell a person who was, you know, huge, out-of-control bipolarism, and then you see the same person once they get on medication, they literally even talk slower. And that is just literally their brain processing and getting used to having this, this foreign medicine, if you will, into their system. For some people, 20%, it's really needed. It is really needed. For the, the lion's share of the people, they're just given medication. And we live in a pill-popping society. We want a pill for every ill. Amen. And so, yeah, they will give you, and, and doctors will prescribe pills. When we begin to look at the history of this, and it's pretty scary because there was a time where you could go to uh, the doctor and even the medical schools were producing doctors this way, that they would do an assessment. And in doing this assessment, they might tell you, instead of taking some synthetic drug, they might tell you, oh, just go to the health food store and get some magnesium. Or, or you just need some vitamin C or, or just go take some zinc. Well, those things aren't expensive. You can't make profit off of those. So what they began to do, the tide was turned, and just to make a long story short, uh, some of our best medical schools began to do two things produce doctors who were able to assess what's going on with you and prescribe a synthetic medication. And if anybody used anything natural, they called you a quack doctor. Now, this was all done for profit, actually started by the Rockefeller and Carnegie families, but they covered the industry because after they did their claim to fame with the oil and whatnot, uh, they produced what we know today as the pharmaceutical industry by creating and funding the science of synthetic medication. And so once you teach doctors nowadays, and you could just ask a doctor, how many classes have they had in nutrition? None. They're just going to give you medication. You didn't tell you about nutrition. When there's a lot of things that ail us, they could tell us to go and let food be thy medicine. You know, when you, when you have problems, you know, let's say with your digestive system, well, they don't tell you you just need to add some good bacteria. They'd rather give you a pill to do it. Or you just need fiber, why don't you eat some broccoli? Oh, no, we got pills for that. Hey, amen, get that good broccoli, get you some roughage in there. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and that's all you need to do, but they're not going to tell you that because broccoli is pretty cheap nowadays. Yeah. They want you to take the medication and to get used to being on the medication. And so we put these foreign substances in our bodies, they're all over the place, and they're profiting from it. So it's not always in our best interest um, you know, there's some things that you can't help. We thank God for uh, antibiotics, but they're overly used. And you actually begin to get used to antibiotics, and they have no effect. But with the advent of antibiotics, when that was discovered, I mean, we saved a lot of people. But now in the 21st century, it is overused. And so the effects that the pharmaceutical industry has had on mental health has been, it has gone from being great and being legendary to outliving the legend and being a horrible nightmare. And that, that's what has happened. The, 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 the biggest thing a doctor wants to do is put you on medication. And that's unfortunate because it's about making money, not about taking care of you. 
what do you do you know or are there um holistic i guess the the, the word would be so holistic um psychotherapists or uh psychiatrists out there uh they exist but just few and far between because even now um if you look at the cancer industry, we, we make so much money on cancer, and there's probably 50 ways to cure various cancers. Um, but in the United States, we have limited to three, and that is chemotherapy, radiation, and surgery. They won't let you do anything else. Now, studies have shown that there's a number of ways, depending on the type of cancer that you have, that uh, you can cure cancer. In fact, um, a German scientist named Otto Warburg in the 70s won the Nobel Peace Prize for his discovery about vitamin C because he found that vitamin C in very high doses could actually shrink tumors. Hmm. And, again, Otto Warburg, uh, W-A-R-B-U-R-G, and you can look his name up. And, he, like I said, he won the Nobel Prize for this. And high doses of vitamin C, shrinking cancer tumors, outlawed in the United States. They want no parts of it. So you got to go to other countries like Mexico. Uh, they're, they're doing it. There are American doctors over there doing it. And so you see, whereas they can't make as much uh, a dose, a treatment of vitamin C in high doses will run you about $300. A treatment of chemotherapy, which actually makes no sense in fighting cancer because chemo is cancer. So how do you fight cancer with cancer? That would be like trying to put out a fire with fire. You can't do it. So... There are tons of places uh, outside of this world. There are great strides have been made in the cure and prevention of cancer. Uh, in the 90s, a 20-year a, a study was completed. It's called the China Study. It's in a book, and it was the foundation of the movie Forks Over Knives. And they talked about there are parts of China. They did a 20-year study. There are parts of China that saw no types of cancer, no breast cancer, no colon cancer, no prostate cancer, and they looked at it was actually what they were eating. And so food had a huge effect on whether or not you cancer cells were active in your life. And sadly, that's where the meat industry took a huge hit. You might remember back in the 90s when Oprah said no one should be eating beef, and the beef industry took a hit. Well, they then tried to sue Oprah for saying that because so many people listened to her. Uh, our society knows the dangers of uh, animal fat and what it has done to us. You know, if you even look at something very simple, um, our country consumes more cow's milk than any place on the planet, and we have the largest uh, um, cases of osteoporosis and arthritis. Now, if calcium, they told us, was for strong teeth and bone, and we consume more milk than any other nation, then why do we have more arthritis and osteoporosis? We We should be some strong folks. We should, but it's because of the animal fat uh, in the milk. And so it, it's things like this. And, again, th- this stuff is well known. It's been documented in many uh, excellent documentaries other than Forks Over Knives, the, uh, Food Matters, uh, Food Inc. Those are just documentaries that are out on Netflix that, that you can watch and it will educate you on what has happened um, uh, in our society for profit's sake. Uh, probably the, the most compelling in my opinion, has been uh, a documentary series, a mini-series. There were nine episodes, uh, but by a guy named Ty Bollinger, 
and it was called The Truth About Cancer. And as a matter of fact, the very first episode of that I know, which is the, the one that was two hours, is on YouTube for free. But it's called The Truth About Cancer. And you want to have an eye-opener? Oh, my. And you hear from the industry's leaders around the world talking about what has happened and what should be happening now. Awesome, awesome series. But, again, it, it has to do with profit here in America. You're making money. And it obviously is we can make more money from us being sick than us being healthy. So they try to not cure anything but treat everything. And that means you're going to use more pills. Wow. Wow. Because I, I, I know some, some people that just not just like on the health aspect, but the mental aspect, you know, they take this pill during the day. They take this pill at night. Mm-hmm. Um, they feel themselves getting um, uh, ambunctious or uh, a little bit of anxiety. You know, they take this pill. So I can see where, you know, the pharmaceutical company is, you know, dominating yes. when it comes to prescribing and helping people. But in all honesty, if there were a, and there are, uh, more natural ways to handle uh, Absolutely. Health, mental health issues that you know people would do it, and I and and would you suggest that first? Like, in what cases would you not suggest a holistic approach? Well, for me, holistic approach is always first. I don't take medication over the counter. I don't trust it. Um, but it, it just depends on the person. Um, but I, I will tell you that they don't mix together, so you can't like try to do both because a lot of the synthetic medication counteracts what that holistic medication would do. Um, for me, personally, I just believe that it makes more sense to use the things God created, because what did we do before these things? They used roots. They used plants. They used food to heal us. And, and that is, you know, when you, th- you think about it, um, that, that makes more sense. Um, than actually having someone operate on you and open you up. We weren't meant to be opened up um, and, and to expose ourselves to bacteria and things like that. It was not natural. But when you do nothing but put unnatural things in your body, I mean, the holistic things can only do so much. You know, if you actually uh, tear up your liver from drinking, you know, holistic things can help to try and repair and, 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 and clean out your liver, but if you've killed it, it's ki- it's dead. Okay. Yeah, you've killed it. So it just, um, I think it, it varies per individual. Um, and so I, I wouldn't dare try to say, hey, you should always do this. Or you never say never. Um, because I guess if you were in a situation like a bad car accident and you needed an emergency surgery, there's nothing holistic medicine could do for that. You've got to take the surgery at that point. Yeah. But just living your life, the whole point is preventative. And so where the holistic medicine works best, is when you're using it as a preventative form and not necessarily trying to fight something at the end stage. Yeah, I hear the I hear the older folks always say ounce of prevention is worth the time to cure. Absolutely. And that's and that is still very true. Okay. All right. Well that that has been, you know, um really informative and I'm really excited about this all of this information. Um you can go to Dr. Mayberry's website, which is ClydeStyle.com, for more information. He also has a a Twitter page, 
which is about me slash Clyde Style, and it is C L Y D E Style, like it's normally spelled. And what event, book launch, or fabulousness do you have in store for us? Um, well, this fall, uh, a, the second installment of the Sincere Milk of the Word comes out. The first installment is available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, um, but the second volume is out. Uh, it should be out by the end of October, and then if all goes well, uh, February, uh, well, I should say Valentine's Day of 2019, uh, a relationship book entitled "My Current Situation" will be released as well. And then there's supposed to be a CD in the works too, so you know how that goes. We're hoping Labor Day that's available. So like a lot of good things coming. We keep our fingers crossed. You hear me singing like singing CD? Singing, singing CD. Yep, R and B stuff I wrote. And the and the sincere milk of the word. Please yes. tell them where they can get the first installment of that series. The first installment is on Amazon and is on Barnes & Noble. You can just search Dr. Clyde Mayberry on Amazon and it will pop right up. Um, and it's on Barnes & Noble the same way. And it is available on Kindle as well. I was just about to ask that it come as a, a, an e-book because I have, I have Kindle, I have Audible. What is the chances of us getting it on Audible? You know, I'm a lazy reader. I like to read. <laughs> Well, th- there have been some folks who, who ask about that, and um, I hadn't explored it because I'm not a fan of audible books, but I guess if that's a way to get people to read it, I guess that's an, uh, uh, available. Um, Amazon has a, a process for that, so that is doable. I may consider that for the next book uh, that, that's coming out. Please, please consider it. That would be also awesome. Um, me, myself, um, when I, I like to travel. And so when I hit the highway, you know, sometimes I play my music, but most times I like to listen to a book. So from D.C. to Mer- DC to North Carolina, from, you know, Durham to Charlotte, you know, you can get in a, a good couple of chapters. So we definitely That's true. To, That's true. Um, to get that in. And that is really awesome. So we have been talking with Dr. Clyde May- Mayberry this year, I mean, today, and we've been discussing the state of your mental health. It is super, super awesome. Again, you can go to his website, which is ClydeStyle.org. You can also go to his Twitter page. It's about.me slash ClydeStyle. This has been Candy, just like Candy's radio, with Dr. Clyde Mayberry. Um, if you have any questions, you can definitely um, give us a call. We have a few more minutes left on the show, or you can hit us in our inbox right here on our live and ask whatever questions that you may have about your mental health and any concerns you may have as far as your mental health goes. You can give us a call at, let's see, let's get you this number. You can call in at Three two three six four two one one nine eight. Again, it is three two three six four two one one nine eight to get your questions in for Dr. Mayberry. We have a couple more minutes. We can hang out for a while and and talk with him. Uh, one of the questions that I I would like to ask. Um, 
Dr. Mayberry, I see that you do uh, relationship counseling and communication. What would you say, and see if you can answer this in, in, in 60 seconds or less, okay. what would you say would be one of the biggest issues um, in a relationship as far as communication goes? Um, just saying what you mean. Uh, a lot of times we hear someone say something and we interpret what we think they meant instead of what they actually said. So really both ways, the person hearing is trying to figure out what did they mean by saying that, and the person saying is trying to hide what they mean by how they form the words. Okay. All right. Well, this that is uh, awesome. Let's see if we have any callers. Nope, not yet. So we, you can definitely send us questions to our into my inbox, which is candy at justlikecandy.com, and I will definitely forward all questions to Dr. Mayberry, or you can go to his different pages and ask him whatever uh, mental health, relationship, and communication questions that you definitely may have. It has been awesome talking with you today, Dr. Mayberry. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you. Thank you for helping us share the state of mental health with everyone on Facebook and on our listening station. So you have a wonderful day. Dr. Mayberry? I'm here. It, it went out for a second. Oh, I'm sorry. I was like, have a wonderful day. We are, this is, this is it. We are out of time for today. I am Candy with Just Like Candy Radio. And always remember, be natural, be soft, and be sweet. Till next time.